from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. Um, when it came to Steve Stanger and his relationship with Al Bond and the Carpenters Union, you know, he did come through with appointing Al Bond to his position, and he also vetoed um, legislation by the Board of Aldermen that was trying to undermine the need for apprenticeships. So he was supporting um, statutes that the Carpenters wanted. So he did come through for them or try to in those ways, but ultimately you can't do much from prison. You know, they're giving part of their paycheck every every month, a lot of it, to be part of that organization or any organization. And when something like this comes out, regardless of the scope or how much, you know, there is to the truth or not, you know, that takes a little bit of that trust away. I'm Sarah Fetsky. Last week, the St. Louis Post-Dispatch's Jacob Barker had a big scoop for anyone who cares about local unions or local politics. He reported that the United Brotherhood of Carpenters had shuttered its St. Louis Regional Council. Oversight of St. Louis area union locals was moving to the organization's Chicago office. So what caused the move, and what does it mean for people here in St. Louis? Well, joining us now with some perspective is Anita Mannion. She's an assistant professor of political science at the University of Missouri St. Louis. Anita, welcome back. It's great to be here, Sarah. And we're also joined today by Pat White. He is president of the Greater St. Louis Central Labor Council. Pat, welcome back. Oh, it's good to be on. So, Pat, break this down for us. What does it mean that the St. Louis Regional Council of the Carpenters Union has been shuttered? Well, basically, they all the locals, and there's, you know, seven or eight in the St. Louis area alone, um, they all belong to what they call a regional council that has locals from Kansas City and Southern Illinois. And uh, they they represent upwards of 20,000 members hmm. in you know, the carpentry industry, uh, whether that be cabinet makers, millwrights, and uh, um, you know, folks that, uh, fl floor layers. So they all have their own hierarchy in their own locals, but everything funnels up to the regional council. And they've got numerous regional councils throughout the uh, country. Uh, I guess the closest being Chicago, which, um, that's how, you know, I guess that's what they decided to, you know, would be the best since it's the closest. Uh, so, yeah, so they did dissolve uh, St. Louis and Kansas City, which really had, hasn't been uh, combined for very long. I'm not sure exactly, but it's been within the last 10 years where they brought Kansas City in. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, so they um, basically all of the, the hierarchy from the different locals in the, in the St. Louis area, which I'm more familiar with, will, instead of reporting down on Hampton Avenue, will be reporting to Chicago. And, Pat, before we get too deep in the weeds here, your union is part of the AFL-CIO. Historically, what's been the relationship between you guys and these carpenters? Well, you know, it, it's funny because the carpenters' union started in St. Louis. Uh, Peter McGuire started it in the late 1800s, and he actually was a founder of the AFL, AFL and then the CIO and AFL combined in 55. Hmm. So up until, say, 15, 20 years ago, um, you know, it's been, you know, a great relationship. There was some dispute that's went on at one of the casinos a few years ago between a couple of trades. And, and, and at that time, the carpenters decided they weren't going to be part of uh, any of the councils, whether it be the Building Trades Council or the AFL-CIO. So they, they actually dropped out here and then they dropped out nationally. Uh, we do come together on a lot of things. When we fought right to work in 2018, 
uh, they were right there with us. Um, our men and women that belong to the AFL-CIO and the trades, they work uh, side by side with many men and women who are carpenters. You know, rank and file, it doesn't really affect uh, people as much, but definitely at the at the higher levels, you know, when we start talking about leadership, uh, it's it's hard for us not to work with them because when we're talking about construction constructions of buildings, you know, we need the carpenter. Um, so mm -hmm. there are a lot of things that we work on. There are some things that we disagree on, uh, especially, you know, with them starting their own electrician's unions. Okay, interesting. So there has been some issues of, of disagreement over the years here. Well, I think the big question a lot of people in St. Louis are wondering is why. Now, the Carpenters General President said he made the decision after reviewing an internal report. Quote, after careful review and consideration of the substantial benefits to the members, including but not limited to better oversight of the council's operations, reducing costs and maximizing available resources, and increasing market competitiveness, I have determined it would be in the best interest of members to take the following actions, Douglas McCarran wrote. Now, he did not up describing the contents and scope of that internal report in this letter that he wrote, basically dissolving uh, the local St. Louis leadership of this. Anita, what do you make of this and his reasons for that he's giving? Well, I don't know if we'll ever know what's in that internal report and what those findings were. We do know that Bond stepped down. This is Al we, Bond, who was the, the secretary treasurer of, of the St. Louis Council. That's exactly right. And we also know that the Carpenters Union was a major political player in the St. Louis region. Um, they regularly were writing very large campaign donation checks, making donations in the six figures to support candidates and issues. And one of their winning issues, as was mentioned, was defeating right to work. But they've also backed a number of candidates who did not get elected. Um, there were big backers of Steve Stenger who ended up in jail. So so um, some of those issues, including not just candidates, but things like airport privatization and the Better Together initiative to combine St. Louis City and County, were things that the Carpenters Union backed financially and were not successful. Pat, it is kind of interesting. I mean, this is a union. They, they represent labor. Um, but they had backed some things that Rex Sinkfield, a pretty prominent libertarian, was in favor of, things like airport privatization. And your council came out against that. Do you think it's possible? the Chicago office wasn't happy about some of these political alliances. Yeah, you know, I, I cannot speak for, the, for, their, uh, for their council up there, but I can tell you that there were a lot of issues that we either stayed out of that they got involved in or we took an opposite uh, stance. Um, you know, there were just too many questions about the airport um, that, you know, and when my council takes things up like that, you know, we, only, we not only represent the folks that might do the building out there, but we also represent a lot of people that are working there now. And there were a lot of unanswered questions on what was going to happen to the folks that are working there and then what was going to happen afterwards. I mean, we, one of the things that we look at at the council is, yeah, we want to build these big buildings, but we also want to house them with good union, well-benefited jobs afterwards. And there were just too many questions about that. And, and on the Rex um, issue, there are a lot of issues that uh, Rex comes out for that um, – you know, we definitely disagree with. And uh, there was some, you know, stuff. But he, honestly, he did stay out of the right to work fight, which if he if he got involved in that, you know, we probably would have been uh, dealing with a, a lot more money on their side than we did. But, you know, there are some issues that, you know, and, and Al took a bold stance on stuff. I mean, he, you know, but when you're really just looking at one group of workers, really, you're, you're worried about 
what are we going to build? And at my council, I represent grocery clerks. I represent the people that take your bag. I represent the people that work in those restaurants and the, and the electricians that are out there working day to day. So, you know, we have to look at the big picture. So we kind of try and sit back and see how things are going to turn out before mm-hmm. we get involved on in a lot of that stuff. Anita, hearing Pat describe uh, some of Al Bond's stances as these were bold stances, that, that's almost the understatement right there. <laughs> um, they sometimes went out a little bit almost out on a limb. Yeah, definitely. And, and again, with that Rex Singfield connection, generally labor unions do back Democrats more than Republicans. And that was the case with the Carpenters Union, but they tended to, in recent years, back the more conservative candidates. And there was a lot of overlap with libertarian Rex Singfield, including they even used some of the same lobbyists as him and, um, you know, collaborated on donations to support Steve Sanger and others. So there's a lot of connection there that wasn't popular with all labor. Um, They also chose to support initiatives like Better Together, which when Steve Stinger went down, that initiative went down as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, some some pretty bold choices, particularly for a labor union. Nina, I I did think it was interesting. Uh, Steve Stanger, of course, who's who's now, or I guess he's out of prison. He went to prison uh, for a few years there. He appointed Al Bond to the board of the St. Louis Economic Development Partnership back in 2016. Al Bond stepped down from that earlier this year. It was also interesting to me that this letter from the Chicago president, he ordered that, quote, property, books, charter, and funds held by or on behalf of the St. Louis Regional Council shall be immediately transferred to the Union Brotherhood of Carpenters in Chicago. This didn't sound like a friendly takeover to me. Do you think there's some sort of trouble brewing where there may be a a shoe that falls down the road on this? It sounds that way and it feels that way. Um, I, I think that there's a lot of questions about some of these things. And I I think that when they talk about the funding and where it went and how their membership is going to benefit, I, again, as I said earlier, I don't know that we'll ever know. So that shoe may drop quietly. (laughs) It might might not be publicly, but I do think there are some things going on. Um, When it came to Steve Stanger and his relationship with Al Bond and the Carpenters Union, you know, he did come through with appointing Al Bond to his position. And he also vetoed um, legislation by the Board of Aldermen that was trying to undermine the need for apprenticeships. So he was supporting um, statutes that the carpenters wanted. Mm-hmm. So he did come through for them or try to in those ways, but ultimately you can't do much from prison. Pat, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this, whether we should look at this as, as Al Bond is still in good graces, step down because he wanted to step down, or whether this feels more hostile to you. Yeah, um, I don't know about hostile. You know, the wording on the, uh, you know, taking back the books, that's something that, I'll be honest, when you get sworn in as a, a vice president on, on my board, that same wording is in your oath. Mm-hmm. So it, I This think, is boilerplate. Yeah, I think it's something that, you know, that we all put in there saying if you, you know, you know, if you give up, give up the position or you're removed from the position that you give all of anything that belongs to the council back to the president. So I don't, I wouldn't put too much stock in that part of it. But, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, it's probably correct that, you know, a lot of stuff gets um, stopped when someone resigns. Um, you know, I, I'm, I cannot speak on uh, what, you know, is happening internally. You know, I've, like I said, they're not part of our council. But, you know, usually when something like this happens, 
you know, the, the other shoe may drop or this may be the way to keep the other shoe from dropping. But I, yeah, I'm not familiar with that. But mm. that wording, I'll be honest, is probably in every everybody that gets sworn into every board, whether it be mine or somebody else's, probably has that wording in their oath. So there's a man named John Gould. He's a former compliance officer in this union that now has been uh, subsumed by Chicago. And he ran against Al Bond. He ended up suing the union in 2016. He alleged that, quote, union dues are being appropriated, stolen, embezzled, and converted from the union coffers to inflate the pensions of Carpenter's officials without the consent of the union members. He's been kind of outspoken lately. He tweeted recently, the news of Al Bond finally being removed from office was welcome news. But his actions meant 22,000 members had no say when their council was stripped away. This is pyramid leadership at its best. McCarran at the top, referring to this, uh, the chapter president or the regional council president in Chicago, squashing everyone below him, as Bond did in STLKC. Uh, Pat White, thoughts on what impact this could have on the rank and file, where Al Bond was their guy? Well, McCarran is actually the international president, so he's in charge of the whole country. Um, but, you know, I feel bad for the rank-and-file person because, you know, I came off the streets. I was a rank-and-file gas worker. And, you know, when, you know, you choose to, to pay union dues, you know, you put that trust in your leadership. And, you know, whether, however this falls, you know, whether, you know, there's an internal or whether it becomes a, uh, you know, something where officially they do an investigation, one way or another, there's that little bit of trust. You know, when you've got these men and women out there working on buildings, hammering nails and, and laying concrete and everything else, you know, they're giving part of their paycheck every every month, a lot of it, to be part of that organization or any organization. And when something like this comes out, regardless of the scope or how much, you know, there is to the truth or not, you know, that takes a little bit of that trust away. And that's part of, you know, because most of us, and I know Al did the same thing, and most of the leaders that I have, we all came off the streets. We were union paying, I'm still a, a dues paying union member, but we are still, you know, we were dues paying union members out there working every day to, you know, to make for a better life for us and our family. And for that money to be taken away or, you know, or, you know, or to be not spent, you know, correctly, you know, mm -hmm. fiduciarily correctly, you know, so, you know, that, it takes a little bit of trust away. So I, you know, not just in this case, but really in any case where there's a problem at, you know, t at the top, you know, that little bit of trust, that that's what we have to do. To, we have to go out and gain that back from our members. Anita, is there any precedent for this sort of thing that you're aware of? Well, I, I would agree with um, the fact that, you know, I think the concern should be for the local members and the dues paying members, not just the trust they're losing, but some influence in the region. Mm. Um, unfortunately, we did see in December 2019, the United Auto Workers had its Western Regional Office that was in Hazelwood abolished and merged into regional offices. And that was in the face of some scandal um, over embezzlement as well. So, you know, it can lead to some mistrust around the management of these situations and at a time that unions are really trying to keep their footing and their clout you know having been raised in a union household myself i understand what those jobs mean to you know all the st louisans who are working in those areas we're talking about the United Brotherhood of Carpenters, the fact that its uh, St. Louis Regional Council has now been shuttered. Uh, our guests today are Anita Mannion, an assistant professor of political science at the University of Missouri-St. Louis, as well as Pat White, president of the Greater St. Louis Central Labor Council. Anita, as you were talking about that lot, lack of regional clout, you know, we were talking about the political donations and, uh, you know, these guys were a big player locally. Will the Chicago office be as interested in St. Louis politics? 
I think that remains to be seen, but if I were speculating, it doesn't seem likely. Um, they're not going to have those relationships that Al Bond and others in the union have with local candidates, or maybe, you know, maybe a big issue like right to work that's on the national stage, maybe they step in, but, you know, getting really involved in a St. Louis mayoral race, I don't know if it's going to be to that level. Um, I think it will be interesting to see what level they do maintain, and then if any other organizations or unions kind of step in to fill that void. Hmm. So, Pat, the Carpenters Union owns, they actually own a healthcare facility. They also have their office on Hampton. How do you think some of these things are going to sort out? Well, I think once they get by on who's staying and who's going, which um, from what I understand is is the, the process that they're going through now, I think they might still be active politically because they did have quite a an arm there of folks that were very uh, politically savvy and they, you know, not just they all reported reported bond, but you know they had a they had a pretty good army down there. And as far as the healthcare stuff goes, the day to day stuff still has to happen for the carpenters. They've still got twenty thousand union members across the state, and a lot of them here, you know, probably eleven, twelve thousand in the St. Louis area alone that they have to take care of. So I'm sure there's going to be a way because that's a way that a lot of unions are going now is where they're setting up their own little health care system, you know, their own, their own place to go. And, and uh, you know, the, the, the carpenters were kind of a trailblazer with that. So I, I have, I'd have to believe that they're probably going to keep that going simply because they still have to service their members. I mean, they still got men and women out there working every day you know, and their families that they need to provide for. So I'd, I'd have to say that the leadership has looked at that. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm, I don't have any firsthand knowledge, but it would only make sense that, you know, definitely, you know, they, they still have to take care of their, their carpenters. Could this be a temporary move that leadership would come back to St. Louis, Pat? I, I would have to think so. And, and that's just me speculating simply because we're such a strong union town here, and, and the carpenters are a big player in that. And we have a lot of carpenters that, are, that work every day that are from the greater St. Louis area. And Chicago is similar like to that on a, on a larger scale. So I can't imagine that you know, they're going to be able to you know, run Chicago and run St. Louis. But like I said, I, you know, it's, it's really you know, when they did dissolve the UAW, they moved that region from St. Louis to, I think, believe Kentucky. Um, but, you know, when you're talking about two major cities that have a lot of building and a lot of union density, I would say that, you know, it, it seems to me it would only make sense to, to try and get this back to where, you know, it's St. Louis based. Anita, are you hopeful that that, that could happen here or is likely to happen here? I, I hope that that happens for our city and for our region. Um, I, I agree that there is a strong uh, union membership here and they will put pressure on that move. But I also, from a, a political science and a human nature standpoint, I also think that once people get power, they're loath to give that up. And so um, I, I don't know if that consolidation will kind of redirect back to St. Louis. Hmm. So when we're thinking about, you know, the maybe decreased interest in St. Louis affairs, as, as, you know, they might still be interested, but maybe it's not going to be to the extent that they were before. Anita, you'd mentioned they'd been backing more moderate Democrats lately, and moderate Democrats have been somewhat under assault from an insurgent left in this town, uh, progressives scoring some big political victories. Do you think that's going to uh, uh, end up being a factor in that ongoing war for the soul of the St. Louis Democratic Party. I think you're right, Sarah, that we've seen increasingly candidates like Mayor Tashara Jones, like 
Representative Cori Bush um, coming out of St. Louis elections, where we see the Carpenters Union backing those more moderate candidates. And for example, they gave the biggest donation of the mayoral race to Lewis Reed, mm. who didn't even make it out of the primary. A big issue in that was the Carpenters Union also represents correctional officers. And there was a lot of controversy over closing what we call the workhouse, the uh, minimum security prison. And Lewis Reed did not support closing that. So, you know, there's a lot of layers of the de these decisions that they're making that do drive them towards supporting these more moderate candidates. A lot of layers. That's a, a good a good way to express that. There. <laughs> uh, Pat White, as we're thinking about this situation, where things stand right now and what could unfold. I had earlier asked about shoes dropping, um, you know, just this situation while everything is somewhat in flux. What are you going to be watching as this situation continues to play out? Well, you know, we'd, we'd love to have everybody under the same tent. That is a, a, you know, that was a goal of mine when I took this job uh, six years ago. You know, it, it's to try and get the carpenters back in with the AFL because, you know, our, our men and women are working side by side out there. There's no reason we can't all get together and, and, and you know, whether it be right to work or our um, paycheck deception or prevailing wage, fighting for one common goal. And it's better if we're all sitting at the same table doing that. You know, so going forward, I, I would hope that we can resolve something with this electrical part that we have issues with, with 57. And, you know, hopefully try and eventually, when the dust settles, reach out to the folks in Chicago and say, hey, this is what St. Louis is about. This is where you started. You know, you started the, you know, your person started the AFL. And along with, you know, the electrician started right down on Dr. Martin Luther King Avenue before it was that, you know, but, you know, we should all be under the same tent. And going forward, I hope that, you know, we can make something good out of a bad situation. You know, what, what, however this, this turns out for, for the leadership of that group, we would hope that in the end, labor can be stronger just by being together. And uh, that's something that I hope to, to, uh, to, to help fester and, and get with uh, or foster and get with the people from Chicago and say, you know, we can we can do this. You know, we can stick together. We've shown we can do it as recently as 2018. And it's something that we should strive for, because like I said, I think we all are better when we're fighting from the same group. Well, Pat White, I appreciate you joining us today and sharing your perspective. Thanks. It was great for being on. Thank you. And Pat is the president of the Greater St. Louis Central Labor Council. And also thank you to Anita Mannion. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. And Anita is an assistant professor of political science at the University of Missouri-St. Louis. This episode was produced by Emily Woodbury with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. 
Details at choosewood.com.